Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Alright, hello everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We've got a lot to get to today. Uh, yesterday, Scotty Mayfield had a conference call with reporters. We'll give you some important takeaways as the Islanders continue informal workouts. We have the latest. We'll also discuss the problem of a lot of positive COVID-19 tests coming from players in all different sports and how it may or may not affect the Islanders and the NHL as they go forward. Meanwhile, we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day and in our next installment of our Back to the Future feature, we will look at the Islanders' best player and what his future looks like right now, including what may happen to him when he hits uh, restricted free agency, big difference, restricted free agency this offseason. So lots to discuss today. Don't forget, if there's something on your mind, something you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send us an email. The email address, lockedonislanders at gmail.com. You could also follow us on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date with the latest news and notes from around the world of the New York Islanders. All right, let's let's get into the details. Yesterday, Scotty Mayfield doing a conference call with reporters. And Mayfield, for one, is optimistic. He said, I think we're going to play. We need to come back and play eventually. We all want to play. I want to win a Stanley Cup. That's my biggest thing. The layout we have, any team can do it. We have just as good a chance as everyone. We have guys that are healthy, and I hope we can get back and play. So, we shall see. Mayfield certainly trying to be positive, trying to be optimistic, according to Published reports, Devon Tays, Adam Pellick, to- uh, Thomas Hickey, Noah Dobson, and Christopher Gibson have been skating with Mayfield on the ice at the Islanders' practice facility. And, you know, Mayfield was asked about the positive test, Austin Matthews, as we mentioned on yesterday's show, one of the players, the star of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who tested positive over the weekend, and that information was leaked out by the press, even though the league has a policy of not 
announcing the names of players who have tested positive. But, you know, here's what Mayfield had to say. For me especially, it was kind of a roller coaster. It didn't seem like much was going on. And then we got back on the ice and I got really excited. Then you see what happened over the weekend. It's tough. I try not to think about it too much, to be honest. My biggest thing is to make sure I'm ready and prepared whenever we do come back. So we have to see what it's going to be. Uh, Mayfield summing it up by saying, I understand everyone has different concerns, whether it's financial or whether it's health. There's a load of boxes that need to be checked for us to come back and play. But for me, I'm controlling what I can, being in the best shape and getting ready to play a game if they tell me to play tomorrow. That's what I want. Personally, I really want to come back and play, and I want to compete for a Stanley Cup. So Scott Mayfield, and by the way, uh, the entire conference call is available on the Islanders' official website. So if you want to hear the entire thing, it is there. By the way, also, you know, the NHL in Stage 2 or Phase 2 of its reopening, and as of today, the league has announced that groups on the ice in Phase 2 can go from 6 skaters to 12 skaters on the ice at a time. And right now, despite all those positive tests of players both, uh, you know, working out in Arizona, certainly the Tampa Bay Lightning having to close down their facility. In spite of all of that, 11 positive tests out of 200, according to the league, since the beginning of phase two. So they are still going ahead, but the league and the Players Association, by the way, still need to finalize whatever agreements they're going to to finalize with regard to the return to play plan. Still waiting on that second hub city, by the way. It's not official as to either of them, although multiple published reports indicated that the Eastern Conference teams, and that includes the New York Islanders, will be playing in Las Vegas. Uh, The league trying to get that second hub in Canada, if they can, and the Canadian government has indicated that they are willing to waive some of the requirements, including the 14-day self-quarantine, assuming that the NHL follows certain guidelines and adheres to certain policies, and look, let's face it, if you're Canada, you want hockey back, having one of the Hub cities in Canada certainly means a lot of money to that city, to the federal Canadian government. It certainly helps the morale of hockey fans throughout Canada, and there are more than a few. Uh, I understand why they would be eager to find a way to make one of those hubs in Canada. That would most likely be for the Western Conference teams We are expecting an official announcement sometime next week, but we have to see. Right now, looks like it'll be the Islanders in Vegas, along with the Eastern Conference, all of them, those teams, the 12 Eastern Conference teams playing in that hub, while the Western Conference teams still looking to find out where they'll be playing their games.
And if you want to be on top of your game, no matter where you play, have a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. They're the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 16 amazing flavors. Eight of them are nut-free. Eight of them have nuts. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. Built Bars are soft and easy to chew. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Let's look at one of my favorite flavors, the mint brownie flavor. 15 grams of protein per bar, just 110 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And right now, we've got a special offer for all of our Locked On Islanders listeners. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order today. That's the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, today, being June 23rd, it is the 49th birthday for former Islanders goaltender Felix Potvin. Potvin, a native of Anjou, Quebec, joining the Islanders during the 1998-99 season, remained with the team through part or most of the following year. He was acquired in a trade with the Maple Leafs on January 9th. 1999 Islanders getting Felix Potvin plus a sixth round pick in the 1999 draft, which turned out to be Fedor Fedorov, uh, in exchange for Brian Berard and the and a sixth round pick uh, in that same 1999 draft. So the Islanders and Maple Leafs, Berard for Potvin and the two teams also uh, traded. Sixth round picks in that draft. Meanwhile, uh, the following year, the Islanders deal Potvin. Potvin sent to the Vancouver Canucks along with a second round pick in 2000 and a third round pick in 2000 to the Islanders getting in exchange Bill McCault, Dave Scatchard, and goaltender, now broadcaster, Kevin Weeks. So that trade taking place on December 19th, 1999. So Potvin essentially spending parts of two seasons with the Islanders, playing 33 games with the team, winning seven, losing 21, and tying four. And uh, look, those Islander teams struggled. There is no doubt about it. And, you know, Obviously, having the name Potvin couldn't have made things all that much easier for Felix Potvin, and he had, you know, played on some very good teams uh, over the years in Toronto before heading to the Islanders. We're going to look at one of his better games as an Islander, and he really was spectacular in this one. It's an, a regular season game on April 12, 1999 at the Continental Airlines Arena in New Jersey, Islanders and the Devils skating in a division matchup, as you assume, that you have Felix Potvin in goal for the Islanders. Martin Brodeur is the goalie for the New Jersey Devils in this one. And the Devils and the Islanders going at it. Islanders get on the board first. Vladimir Orzag. His first of the season from Dmitry Nabokov and Barry Richter 
at 12-17 of that first period. And look, a lot of reserve players, players from the minor leagues, players who the coaches wanted to take a look at in the lineup in this game. So there are going to be some names that are not all that familiar to a lot of Islander fans. Uh, Islanders get a power play opportunity late in the first period. Ken Danico off for roughing at 19-11. And Max Lindgren helps the Islanders cash in, scoring with five seconds left in the first period. His eighth, Ziggy Palfi and Brian Smolinski with the helpers at 1955, 2-0 Islanders after the first period. But in the second period, after a Ray schultz christoph Oliwa fight at 2.08, Kenny Janssen called for interference at 3.34, and the Devils cash in. Brian Ralston gets his 22nd of the year, Randy McKay and Bobby Holik, the helpers, at 5.04, and that was where the game stood after two periods, Islanders clinging to a 2-1 lead. In the third, the Islanders add to the lead, Mike Watt with his eighth goal of the season. Dmitry Nabokov with his second assist of the game. Islanders extending their lead to 3-1. to one. Then Jason Arnott gets the Devils back to within a goal. About a minute and a half later, his 27th, Peter Sikora and Patrick Eliash with the helpers at 9.37, and it's a 3-2 to two hockey game. Devils put on all kinds of pressure but Felix Potvan was equal to it. Brian Smolinski headed off for holding, uh, excuse me, for hooking at 11.35. That gave the Devils another power play chance, but Potvan would not let them cash in. And at 17.41, Claude Lapointe got his 14th. Trevor Linden with the assist. Islanders escape New Jersey with a 4-2 victory. Two assists for Dmitry Nabokov. He was the only Islander with a multiple-point game. Nabokov and Orzog, uh, along with Brian Smolinski, all plus two. As for shots on goal, five in this game for Claude Lapointe. And yes, he did score a goal. But the big story, Felix Potman playing the entire 60 minutes, making 55 saves and facing 57 shots. Islanders outshot 57 to 23, and yet they escape with a 4 to 2 win because Felix Potvan essentially standing on his head making 55 saves to earn the victory. Happy birthday to Felix Potvan again. Uh hard to believe that Felix Potvan is right now 49 years old. And, you know, I, I heard this story, young kid at an Islanders-Rangers game, and, uh, you know, the, the usual Potvan chant for Dennis Potvan uh, going through the stands, because Ranger fans will always go back on that chant, and the kid asked his father, why are they picking on Felix Potvan? So, uh, yeah, one of those great mysteries, but uh, Felix Potvan... 49 years old today, and we look back on his, probably his best game as an Islander, that exciting, unbelievable 55-save performance on April the 12th, 1999. 
The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com backslash Black Lives Matter. So it's time for our uh, next feature in our Back to the Future theme that we'll be doing this week and next week. And to me, the one thing we definitely did want to talk about when it comes to Back to the Future is the future of the Islanders' best player, Matthew Barzal. And, you know, looking ahead, Barzy is without question right now the centerpiece of the Islanders, at least as far as skaters are concerned. And he, look, he's got amazing tools. He's got great speed. And he still hasn't fully developed and reached his potential. And I'll tell you something else. And to me, this is vital. Matt Barzal reaches his full potential when the Islanders add that 30-plus goal scorer to play on a line with him. Give this kid who can create room and space and is so good with his vision and with the puck, give him a sniper to work with. Give him somebody who can find the back of the net, and you're going to see his numbers absolutely take off and take his game to another level because, look, he can already do that but he needs a finisher around him. And you give him an all-star type of finisher, you're looking at a whole different situation. Here's the other thing, though. The Islanders facing a problem coming up this offseason whenever that officially does get underway. And that is Matt Barzal is going to be uh, a restricted free agent at the end of this season. And the Islanders don't have a lot of cap space right now, plain and simple. They do not have a whole lot of cap space. And they have got to find a way to deal with that. Now, look, a bunch of players who are similarly situated to Barzi have recently this season signed contracts to stave off restricted free agency. I'm looking at Alex DeBrincat of Chicago, Clayton Keller with the Coyotes, and Nico Highshire of the Devils. And those guys, look, Keller, seven million, $7.1 million cap hit per year. DeBrincat, $6.4 million cap hit per year. Highshire, $7.2 million cap hit. Per year, I would have to say Barzal probably will exceed the numbers that those guys put up. And look, Lou Lamorello has said that he will match any offer made on Matt Barzal as a restricted free agent. If another team tries to sign him to an offer sheet, they are determined to match it. And that's all well and good, and I don't doubt it. I think the Islanders will find a way to do that. The problem is, 
that the Islanders have a number of other restricted free agents that they need to address and re-sign, and they don't have a whole lot of cap space left. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think Barzi's going to get somewhere close to eight, maybe even eight and a half million dollars. The Islanders, as of now, about twelve and a half million dollars worth of available cap space. That's not going to be enough to sign Barzi plus the other restricted free agents that the Islanders need to address. So in the short term, that's really what we're looking at with Barzi. In the long run, however, the sky is the limit for this kid. And he really can, first of all, become a point-a-game player. He already did that in his first season when he won the Calder Trophy as the NHL's top rookie. He can exceed that. And again, if the Islanders are able to get Matt Barzal, that 30-35 goal uh, line mate, a sniper, to play along with him, I, I could see him getting 90 points, maybe even 100 points if that goal scorer is really good. And the only reason I think that I hesitate when I say that he can get 100 points is because Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello are a defense-first type of system. You put a guy like Matt Barzal on a team that's more run-and-gun, that is more offense-first, push the puck up the ice, get the puck deep into the zone, don't worry about getting back and back-checking, I have no doubt he could put up 100 points now with the right line mates. But in the Islanders' more conservative system, it may be a little bit more difficult for him to put up those gaudy numbers that so many people would want to see. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's not about numbers. Uh, Whether a guy has 85 points or 100 points is secondary to how many games does his team win. And Matt Barzal would rather win a Stanley Cup with 85 points than win the Hart Trophy or the Rocket Richard Trophy or the Art Ross Trophy for most points and not make the playoffs or lose in the first round of the playoffs. So at the end of the day, when you really look at it, it's a question of priorities. And Matt Barzal is the cornerstone of this team as far as skaters go. I could see him in three to five years being one of the best players in the game. Again, if he gets the right line mates. And for the Islanders, it is going to be critical to both sign him to a reasonable contract that won't break the Islander salary cap, but will keep Barzi happy, and to surround him with the right kind of talent in order to have the Islanders win a lot of hockey games with him as their leader. So to me, the sky is the limit. When you talk back to the future and you want to talk about the future of this franchise, Matt Barzal is at the center of that future. And that, folks, 
gives me comfort as somebody who watches this game, who analyzes this game, who loves this game and this team. I want to see Matt Barzal do that for the New York Islanders. All right, that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a league-wide perspective on the game of hockey. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Remember, we're always one day closer to the resumption of hockey and the game we love and the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, of course, let's go Islanders.